0: Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge.
1: Thanks for joining us on this day after Thanksgiving. This is a special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio.
0: Black Friday, this is hour two of Mornings with Carmen, special holiday edition. Let's think for a moment about Black Friday. If you're already out there into the thick of it, what are you What are you doing out there? You got, um, you holding out hope for a great deal, an opportunity to save big? So Black Friday, for maybe those of you listening who are not familiar, this is a uh, sort of weird American holiday. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Retailers offer um, big... Door busters for people who are willing to ruin their um, family Thanksgiving by camping out in front of stores for hours the night before. <laughs> okay, clearly I am a person who doesn't think it's really worth it, but maybe you're doing that right now. Well, are the deals really deals? Are you getting a great deal? Do you really need what they're selling? Like, let's just pause on that for a moment. you really need what they're selling? So in 2021, the last year, um that i could find that information on this was available and astounding 155 million people shopped on black friday that that's a lot of folks out there you know hustling around for a deal um they spent an average of 430 dollars uh per per 155 million people so not only it's a lot of people it's a lot of people spending a lot of money here are some of the things to sort of be aware of um that Black Friday tends to provoke one is impulse shopping. and so I hope you're shopping with a list if you're out there in the midst of the Good Friday shopping day. um there's also this like super competitive consumerism um, that f- it rears its ugly head on on Good Friday um actually throughout the shopping season in the lead up to Christmas, overcrowding, obviously, if you're Uh, in a line right now, you know of what I speak. And then um, it's also a day, and let me, maybe this is the one that has like the biggest warning sign in relationship to it. Um, It's also a day that can bring out the worst in people. And so um, I'm recalling that, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, there was a Walmart employee that was trampled to death because thousands of People tried to rush into the store while he was, you know, in the process of unlocking it. Um, yeah, Black Friday can bring out the worst in people. Not only lots of people trying to go to a single location at a specific time, they're also in many ta- at many times vying for the same product and a limited number of them. That's sort of the frenzy that is created by marketers on Good Friday in order to generate buzz and interest. Retailers know. Um, like, how to do this? And they're going to put what you want all the way in the back of the store. And so consumers who are hoping to score big deals, they go to some pretty extraordinary links. And, I mean, you know, movies have been made about it, right? It's like 10 years ago now that a woman pepper sprayed uh, another Walmart um, shopper uh, while they were both trying to grab the same Xbox game console. hmm Yep. Um, Black Friday does boast being the number one day of the year. Uh, for thieves. Thieves break into more cars on Good Friday than any uh, single other single day of the year. The theft of items from cars are 28 percent higher on this day than any other day of the year. So, I mean, you know, I just it, it was it was in 2021. It's just a couple of years ago that like 30 people organized themselves to rob a Best Buy store in Minneapolis on Black, on Black Friday. Um actually, two locations um in the metro area at the same time, so Black Friday is now also the favorite shopping day of the year for organized retail theft rings, like that's who else is out there, so if you're out there, be careful. watch your kids, take care of grandma, park strategically, hide your stuff and 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 lock your car. <laughs> you say to yourself. Well, you're, Carmen, you're kind of taking all the fun out of it. All right. So uh, I'm not trying to take all the fun out of it. I'm I'm trying to remind you that there might be better ways to spend the day after Thanksgiving um, than in a frenzied shopping adventure, buying things you don't need, um, when you could be spending time with those people for whom you're shopping. Just a thought. Just a, just a thought. I'm not trying to make you fearful. I am trying to make you alert, watchful, and prepared. Um, so... Let's uh let's have a little um opportunity for like redemption on this Good Friday. How might you and I serve as agents of grace out there in the midst of the Good Friday world? I mean not the Good Friday world, the Black Friday world. Good Friday, that would be a whole much better conversation. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about Good Friday. No, no, this is a Black Friday conversation. I'm sorry. If I misspoke earlier, that's because Good Friday comes to my mind so much more easily than Black Friday. So forgive me if along the way in this conversation I have, I have replaced the one with the other. Um, how could Black Friday provide some kind of redemptive opportunity? What kind of witness um, might we find ourselves if, you know, while standing with a giant group of people, we actually just like joyfully let people pass. What if we held the door for them instead of trying to rush through it in front of them? What if we assisted them to their cars with their packages and stood watch in the parking lot for people who might be seeking to take advantage of the overloaded, exhausted people who imagine that they're going to get the deal of a lifetime today? I mean, in the reality, um, beyond the trap of like the consumer engine that's grinding on Black Friday, There is another Friday. There is Good Friday, which matters so much more. So maybe bring a Good Friday perspective to Black Friday. It's worth remembering today, if you're tempted to curse and push and grab and compete for things of this world, that they're all wasting away. So let's be storing up treasures in heaven today where rust cannot erode and thieves cannot break in and steal. That sounds like a good Black Friday, Good Friday connection. All right. Sometimes you learn about something and you wonder, why didn't I know that was happening? That is such a great idea. That's such a great thing. I'm so thankful somebody is doing that. Well, that's the way I felt when I learned about Cana Vox. And you're going to hear me at the beginning of the interview mispronounce the name of the ministry. And so Cana, like, right, the wedding at Cana, that's what's in view here. Cana Vox. So on this special Thanksgiving week edition of Mornings with Carmen, let's listen again to the conversation we had with April Redliner um, and thank God for the opportunity to shine like stars. Even in the midst of a generation where marriage is not held in honor among us all, Kanovox is seeking to change that. And for that, I'm really thankful. April Redlinger is joining us now. She's the executive director of Canavox, which I am now going to ask her to define. April, welcome to Mornings with Carmen.
2: Hi, Carmen. How are you? Thank you so much for um, having us on here today.
0: Absolutely. Okay. What am, am I even pronouncing it correctly? And if so, yes. what does it mean?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's Canavox. Uh, so you're correct. And Cana. Um, comes from the the wedding feast at cana in the bible and vox is the latin word for voice and so um what our group proposes to do is we propose to give marriage a voice so that's where we got that name giving marriage a voice is our sort of tagline actually it's giving the natural law um version of marriage and
0: sexuality a voice Yes, but that's not even sexy to say in a sentence. So Cannavox can, is way better. It's a way yeah, better yes. name. OK, I, I will just tell you, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say that upon my discovery of Cannavox, I don't even like it's one of those things where you don't even really know how you happened upon something. But once I discovered it, I thought to myself. Where has this been my whole life and why have I not known about it? Why am I not in a group or hosting a group and why does everyone else that I know who is like secretly like totally pro-marriage in the way that, um, that you and I will be talking about and yet has no way of positively articulating it in a culture that's just a wash in negative definitions and understanding. So like you're like the best kept secret in the whole world, possibly.
2: Well, thank you. Um, I well, we need to you know get all those problems solved for you. We need to get you in a group, and we need to get um, all your listeners in groups. They they really are. Um, it's such a special uh, organization to be part of. Um, we started in 2013, so we're at, actually so 10th year anniversary this year. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, and we've grown over the years by word of mouth through people who are in our groups and um, who who know how wonderful they are. Um, And, you know, basically, they, you know, we started as a project of the Witherspoon Institute. It's an organization in Princeton, New Jersey. It's an academic research institute. And the goal behind that was, um, you know, Witherspoon Institute has done all of this wonderful research on marriage, family, and human sexuality over the past 20 years. Um, but you know, a lot of that information, because it's an academic institute, was staying with the academics, right? And so the goal was to bring all of this really great research information um, to the to the people out there, right? The people who were in the trenches, the, the moms, the dads, the families, people who were like, you know, married and, and loving marriage and supporting marriage, but um, they just didn't have the the arguments and the words and the background, the information to be able to support. Um, their reasons and their beliefs, you know, in marriage.
0: So I liken it to the extension service of land-grant universities. So we had all of this incredible research being done at all of these land-grant universities across the country, but it was had no way of getting out to people in actual communities across the country who needed the information in order to apply it to their everyday lives. And that is how the county extension program Um, actually was developed in the history of our country. And so I look at what you guys are doing and I'm like, aha, Canavox is like the extension service of the university, which in this case is the Witherspoon Institute. Like, right, there's this research and these resources that have been developed, but they needed a way to get out into like actual people's living rooms. And so now let's talk about that. Let's talk about the vehicle through which um, all of this incredible research and resources are actually not just disseminated, but actually like, not, like there's this chewing, there's this gnawing on that happens in these reading groups. Talk, talk about the, the reading groups and what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I love how you describe that, the, the chewing on it. Um, so what happens is we have people who are interested in getting together with their like-minded friends to talk about marriage, family, human sexuality. So what we do is we provide them training. And then we set them off and say, hey, you know, you can go start your group however you want. You can do it once a month, once a week, however you're comfortable doing it. You can do it in your home. You could do it at a, at a coffee shop, wherever you're comfortable. We have the we have groups in, um, you know, schools, parent groups get together before they or after they drop their kids up at school. They meet there. They have we have parents who meet in the evenings. And what they do is they get together and they um we have a leader of the group who has been trained, and then that person is, at, we say leader, but it really is a moderator, right? That person is really a moderator of conversation. So prior to the group getting together, they'll go through the readings in one of our sessions. Um, they'll read those at home, preferably, then they get together and they discuss those sessions. Um, usually the, the sessions are kind of put together to really encourage a dialogue. So they usually have one sort of academic piece, right? That gives sort of the support and the reasoning, some facts, statistics behind um, whatever particular issue it is. So like say pornography is the topic, right? You'll have like an academic piece or an article that gives you some, you know, like the meat to the, the, the dinner, right? Um, and then you'll have a few personal narratives sort of help that academic piece come to life and really help get the conversation started on the particular issue.
0: So there's a reading list, and um, and I love that. I love that you, like, let me see. You didn't keep it all hidden. It's right there on the cav- uh, canavox.com website. Hey, if you're right. listening right now and you're like, I want all the information about this, I am more than happy. I'd be thrilled to text you the direct links. Just, uh, just let me know you're out there and you want it, 877-933-2484. There's a reading list. There's also information there about how to host a group, how to find a group, all of that. When we come back, we're gonna um, we're gonna have April tell us um, what they're excited about. There's a whole section of the website called "What We Cheer For," um, and I want you to know that because it because it gives you a little bit of a taste, like an appetizer. It's like an amuse bouche since we're on the theme of. Um, of tasting together, so on this uh, Tasty Tuesday, as we taste and see that the Lord is good, and we talk about Canavox, I'd love to connect you with them, and we're gonna we're gonna talk next about what they cheer for. What are we cheering for? Don't you want to know what we're for, not just what we're against? That's up and that's I'm so Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Have you noticed that 2023 is coming to a close? It's about over. We're about to turn that calendar page over to 2024. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking for more in 2024. More Faith Radio. More opportunities to connect faith to life. More friends in Christ walking out their faith together in the world that God so loves. Would you consider learning more about supporting Faith Radio? Visit us at MyFaithRadio.com. What are you for? Do people know you for what you're for, or do they just know you're against a bunch of stuff? What does it look like to be equipped to have conversations about every child having a right to a mom and a dad, but not every person having a right to a child? Are you equipped for that conversation? Um, how about the bonds between children and parents and grandparents and extended family and how those should be protected and preserved in the culture today? I mean, we're for that but do you know how to advocate for that? Do you know how to talk about that? Do you know where the resources are? So Canovox, C A N A V O X, Canovox, which you can find at canovox.com. Those are the kinds of things they're cheering for and those are the um those are the things that they are seeking to advocate and advance. Giving marriage a voice. We're continuing our conversation with April Redlinger, who's the executive director of Canovox. Um, this what we're cheering for section, I totally love because I'm exhausted by being against against a bunch of things yeah. um yeah. and so you're equipping us to be for a bunch of things,
2: yeah, and this was very important to us in the very beginning um to we really we call ourselves the cheerful marriage movement um <laughs> love that we, we, we you know, there's so much negativity out there, and that's not what we want to be. We want to, we want to talk about what we're for and not just be against one another. Um, and the, the cheer points that we created, they're the things that we believe in and that we ask all of the potential participants of our groups, um, leaders and just regular participants, to agree with before that they join our program. Um, the seven cheer points just overall generally address seven different areas of human relationships. So you mentioned a few of them. Um, and they just communicate the fact that healthy marriage culture is, is not just about marriage, right? It's about all of these different issues combined um, and the relationships that interact and create the conditions for a healthy marriage culture. So it's, it's really important for us um, to cheer about something. And we're happy about marriage, right? That's like, the, it's so great and it's so beautiful and it's such a gift from God. So um, we want to cheer about it.
0: Absolutely. Um, so So, first of all, I just love, I love this cheerful marriage movement. I am, I might steal that and have cheerful (laughs) cheerful other movements, the things that we cheer and cheering each other on and spurring one another on to love and good deeds. That is just all so good. Um, I'm going to just read one one paragraph from the website so you guys will get a sense of what's there. Um, do you want to invite certain marriage supporters in hiding? Marriage supporters in hiding. Do you know some of those people? Do you want to invite them into your living room? Canavox reading groups provide brain food for thought and encouragement to the weary. So you and your friends can support each other in the exquisite truth about marriage. Rekindle some hope in your neighborhood. Host a group. So there's all kinds of opportunities, again, to get connected to an existing group, to, to do the reading list to absolutely um uh, avail yourself of the resources on the what we cheer for tab. Um and and so April, this is this thrill it's my heart is thrilled. I hope you can hear that in my voice. Uh,
2: yeah, I do. I really thank you so much. I'm so uh you know, it means a lot to us when other people like see us and get us and get what we're doing, you know. So it's really it's really great to see that. I love it. Thank you.
0: So um you are um you are proximate to Princeton, yes? Yeah. Yep, we sure are so right, right. Well, so that's where I went to i that's where I went to seminary so I'm super oh, duper wonderful. familiar with where you are oh, I know yeah, uh that's great i I have caught the dinky at the wawa
2: <laughs>
0: so there you go um, we have
2: some of our meeting we have some of our meetings at the uh over at the some of the seminary buildings
0: oh that's awesome okay yeah. so I'm noting that you studied at Boston University and Tulane Law School, and now you live in Princeton. So because you are proximate to a big U.S. university campus, um, I guess I could I just ask you to give us a sense of what you're feeling today about what's happening, maybe not specifically at Princeton, but maybe. But there's there's just this I have this deep concern for what's happening on our university campuses across the country.
2: Yeah. Um, well, so it's interesting you say that because this past weekend we just attended part of um, one of a, a groups that we're sort of affiliated with is Love and Fidelity Network. That mm-hmm. is a, it's a group that on college campuses, they get college students together to talk about sexual integrity. And they just had their large conference this weekend. Um, and I was able to be with a bunch of college students. Um, one is my daughter who just started college so um, I'm actually I, I knew about a lot of the issues that are happening on college campus but now I'm really seeing them sort of firsthand well not firsthand secondhand through my my daughter um, but I actually I I see a lot of not great things happening but I mm-hmm. also see so many good things happening and and One, I saw that at this conference this weekend with these students who were listening to lectures all weekend, um, Brad Wilcox being one of them, talking about about his new book about why to get married, right? Getting married, how it's important for people individually, for their flourishing, but also for the culture. Um, Mm. Also, I see the goodness through um, the program that we started at Canavox, which is our Canavox varsity program, which is reading groups for college students. And we um, have... I forget the number um, of volunteered leaders, but we also have a core group of leaders at various universities, 13 of them. Um, we have Princeton, Harvard, um, um, Naval Academy, West Point, um, oh, and a, a b- bunch awesome. of others. Um, but we have them re- running reading groups um, at their colleges with their, their peers. And they're they're amazing. When I tell you these students who... Are interested in this topic, interested in marriage and family, and spreading the good news about it. Um, it's really inspiring, and and the group of students that we have are just unbelievable, and they're out there looking to share that message. And I and I do see students um, who really want want to get married, and um, they they know it's there. It's just that they're they're um, work, working hard. Against what's what's happening, right? Pushing against them at the university, but I think it's just seeing them that they're interested in getting married and and want to be part of the marriage culture is um, I don't know, it's very inspiring.
0: All right, now there's more here on the Canavox website for you to check out. Um, I definitely want you, as you're scrolling around, to click on the videos link because that's where you can connect with a number of Canavox courses. Helping your children navigate gender identity, the high school years, helping your children navigate gender ideology in the middle school years, elementary years, sex, gender, and identity on and on and on. there's stuff there for dads and daughters, sexual intimacy and in marriage, what does a real man look like um, on and on and on, so many um, good things here, and then just sort of like some straightforward questions <laughs> about like okay, what you know what if or you know what when, what now? Um, and that's the Dear Katie um, series of videos as well. So there's just so many good resources here. Um, you're going to be scrolling on your phone today doing something. I want you to be scrolling around on this, canavox.com. I'll send you the direct links if you need them. Just text me, 877-933-2484. April, what a delight. I hope you will come back and maybe we could just unpack one subject at a time.
2: Yeah, we have so much. I would love to come back when we have a new so program. So much buddy, fun. For middle school and high schoolers too. So,
0: all right. Well, the, well, want to. We want to hear about that next. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. April um, Redlinger, thank you so very much. Again, you guys, the direct. Um, you can just go there directly. Canna, Cana C A N A Vox V O X or Cana Vox is probably how I'm supposed to be saying it. C A N A V O X dot com. It is Friday, so it seems like we should work in a Friday farm report here uh, ever so quickly. Let's see what is happening on the farm. Well, um, you know, it's now fully winter, and so all the things related to Uh, making sure that all the animals have all that they need. We have brought the citrus trees into the garage. That's always fun because it has to display something else. Um, But we did get a bumper crop of lemons this year. And so that's just exhilarating and so fun. We only got one lime off the tree, which I find kind of silly. Um, The cows have gotten very, very furry and increasingly friendly, which I also appreciate. Um, And otherwise, let's see, uh, on the farm, you know, it's, um, it's the... The long nights and the shorter days, and so lots of games. And we've had the first fire of the year in the fireplace, and all kinds of great stuff like that. So, um, the next conversation that we're going to have is about all the things in the Old Testament that point toward the coming of Jesus. The book is Awaiting the Manger whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. And anytime we have a conversation about how the Old Testament points to the unfolding story of Jesus, I am reminded about the story of the walk to Emmaus. So it's the very first Easter afternoon, but almost nobody knew it was Easter because, right, they didn't know Jesus had risen from the dead and there was no such thing as Easter yet. So these two disciples are walking together along the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They were so sad. They were so sad. They had hoped that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah of God, the Savior of the world. But now, or so they thought, he was dead. It had been three days since his horrible crucifixion on the cross. They were so sad, disappointed, hopeless. They did not know. They could not see. They hadn't even heard that the women had gone to the tomb early in the day and reported back to the others who were still decide, still gathered in the upper room, He is risen! They were walking to Emmaus. Another traveler joined them as they walked, and he tried to strike up a conversation. They didn't know it was Jesus. How could they? They were so focused on their own pain, their own loss, their own grief. They were certainly not looking for Jesus. They were not expecting Jesus. In fact, their minds and their ears and their eyes and their hearts had to be opened to the possibility. That's what Jesus comes for. That's what Jesus does over the course of the walk to Emmaus. He came near to them. He went with them. He opened the scriptures to them. He showed them how every part of the Old Testament pointed to him. He revealed every evidence of himself and the promises of God in what we call the Old Testament. And as they walked, Jesus explained to them the meaning of all the scriptures concerning himself. And when they arrived, Jesus took bread He blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him as Jesus, the risen Lord. And they remembered how their hearts had burned within them as he talked with them on the road. And and that's when they jumped up and they returned immediately to their friends in Jerusalem in order that they could exalt the reality of the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. So whatever grieves you today, if you need hope, Jesus is coming. That is the promise of Advent. Advent. We're going to talk with Oceana Fleiss about Awaiting the Manger.
1: Thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio.
0: What fun to be welcoming today, Oceana Fleiss, um, she is an author, she's a wife, she's a mom, she lives in the northwestern part of the beautiful United States, and she's joining us today with a book entitled Awaiting the Manger, Whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. Oceana, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. All right, I think I want to start with this. Take us on the walk to Emmaus in Luke 24.
1: <sighs> Oh, I love that you asked that. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's where the book really starts. Right up at the front, and even before the contents, uh, I put that verse down. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, Luke 24, 27. So many years ago, probably 25, I don't know, 30 years ago, I had grown up learning a lot about the bible and a lot about the old testament and the new testament and i had gone to bible school and lots of church events and internships and things like that and i had really read the bible a lot and by my 20s i thought wow i think i know everything there is to know about the bible (laughs) and um (laughs) i i just honestly i was starting to get a little bored with it even which is just a terrible thing to happen And a friend of mine came alongside and she said, hey, you know, um, there might be more to the Bible than you think. And she showed me that verse and other verses like it that show that the Old Testament isn't just a bunch of, you know, moral stories or examples to follow, although it can be that. But the deeper level that I, I really loved was that Jesus himself says that the Old Testament points to him It says he started with Moses, which is talking about the Pentateuch, the beginning of the Bible, through the prophets, which is the rest of the Old Testament. And he went through and he told them all it was about himself. Uh, And so that was really sparked a a light in me and set me on a journey of really studying the Bible for the rest of my life and giving up the idea that I would ever actually know everything there is to know.
0: So for someone um, right now who might imagine that you know what they've read the bible they've been through this they've mm-hmm. been um you know they they've done advent like we've done the lead up to christmas <laughs> invite us into the 25 days of advent as a fresh and new opportunity to really watch for jesus to to look for him particularly in these passages from the old testament
1: mm. that's such a beautiful way to put it carmen i really appreciate that looking for Jesus, it does make it fresh. As uh, as I said, when you when you read the Old Testament with that in mind, like how is Jesus in this story, or how is Jesus in this story, and also the story of redemption, how is Jesus' love shown through here? How is the problem of sin and the answer of Christ's death and resurrection and atonement? Um, How is that shown through these stories? It just comes to life layer upon layer upon layer. And it takes um, if, if you've been like accustomed to the Bible and you know it for so well and you think, oh, I've read it before. That makes it a never-ending story. I mean, Hebrews talks about it being living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It never stops being new and fresh, especially for me, at least, when you when you look at it through those eyes. I feel like as you meditate on it and think about it, the Holy Spirit really shows you more and more of the beauty of the big story that starts at the beginning and before the beginning and goes to the end and the way it applies to you, the way it applies to your neighbor, how you can love your neighbors better, um, but it all vortexes around Jesus himself because he is the word, the living word, and he is the the focus of the atonement, the focus of our life, the focus of history, and it all just focuses on him,
0: and what's more exciting than that? That's exactly right. We're talking with Oceana Fleiss. The book is Awaiting the Manger, Whispers of Advent in the Old Testament, Um, I want to give you a little taste, a little sample of the, the beautiful writing in this book. This is from Day 20, A Queen's Entrance. Sunlight broke through the slits in the meager walls of the home where Hadassah had lived since she was a child. Today she would become a bright bloom in the radiant bouquet of girls presented at the palace of the Persian Empire's king, hoping that perhaps the mighty ruler would find favor in her, choose her to be his new queen. Hadasha picked up a pistachio from the wooden bowl beside her, and then she set it back down. She couldn't eat. Her thoughts spiraled around the king, hungering for a new queen, and surely it would not be her. She touched her simple dress and glanced down at her worn sandals. Most likely, she would be confined to live in his palace for the remainder of her life as one of a myriad of concubines, never allowed to marry or have a family of her own. Obviously, as this unfolds, uh, Oceana, this is the story of the one we know as Queen Esther. And the walk-off of this particular passage is Queen Esther didn't die, and through her act of courage, the Jews survived. When we think of the story of Jesus, it is a story of the preservation of a people, um, the unfolding of a promise. Maybe it would be fun to talk about Jesus as he shows up in a couple of these Old Testament passages. Do you have a favorite?
1: Oh, you told that so beautifully. Thank you for sharing that. I, I just love that story of Esther so much. Um, Yeah, I do have a favorite. I love, well, I, I love them all. I feel a little guilty saying I have a favorite, <laughs> but um, one that I really like to talk about is the story of, of Leah. I was just thinking about and praying about that story this morning, and it always gets me. It always resonates so much with me leah was the daughter of laban who was the brother of jacob's mother i made that a little complicated so jacob (laughs) was the son of isaac who was the son of abraham and he had to leave uh, his father's land and go east to visit his uncle laban because of um, his own kind of sin and fall and he had quite a journey to get there but once he gets to his father's land or his uncle's land uh, he gets to a well where a lot of times they meet their brides and there was this beautiful amazing young shepherdess that he immediately fell in love with and uh, that was Rachel. So he went to Rachel's father who was Laban and asked to be wed to her and he said he could if he if he worked for him for seven years. So for seven years, he worked and labored to to marry his beloved. And it said it went by just like a few days because he was so madly in love with her. And the day finally comes for them to wed. And if you if your listeners know the story, it's very tragic and very dramatic that it wasn't actually Rachel that he wed, but Leah who is said to have to not be as beautiful as Rachel and definitely not be the beloved one that uh, Jacob was looking for. So I really love Leah's story because as you go through and you find out a little bit more about her, we find out that uh, she really did love Jacob and she really wanted him to be a good husband to her and to love her. And it says that she cried out to God, to Jacob's God. Um, And there's a sense that she didn't really know God herself uh, at first, but she cried out to him anyway and said, God, if you could just give me a child, then my my husband would love me. And she's got this hole in her heart that we can relate to. We just want to be loved. We just want to have something fill us up and give us that deep desire of our heart to to be accepted and loved. But she had the first child and it didn't work. Jacob didn't fall in love with her for her having that child. And so she cried out to God again and again. And three times she cried out and said, God, then my husband will love me. And yet no, he never did. And mm. you kind of get this feeling that by the after the third child that she's sort of hit rock bottom where she's like, I don't know if my husband's ever gonna love me. Is he ever going to be the husband that I long for? But she did cry out again for another child and she she said, just this time he'll love me. But by the time the baby came, there seems to be a change in her. Um, she seems to realize that this one Jacob's love isn't going to fill her up and it's never even going to really happen. And so instead, um, when she has her fourth child, she names him Judah Mm -hmm. and Judah means praise. And she says, this time I will praise the Lord. And there's just such a relief in that and such a we all try to fill our hearts and our, our emptiness with lots of different things. It could be our children or the love of our husbands or status, or it could be addictions. It could be so many things, but none of that satisfies. And having those babies didn't satisfy her either. But when she finally came to the end of herself, as we say, and realized that it was, it was God that she needed, he had loved her all along. She had been loved all along, even though she felt like she wasn't, because God had always loved her and always been compassionate toward her. It's so amazing we can relate to that story. I can relate to that story so much. So many times I try to fill up with things that aren't Mm. aren't Christ, you know. But there's Amen. so much more exciting. <laughs> there <there's laughs> there more is. It's wonderful. This <laughs> we're going um, to
0: continue our conversation oh. with Oceana Fleiss in just a moment. We're talking about her book, Awaiting the Manger, Whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. It might feel like it's too late, but it is not too late to make a difference this year. There is still time. Faith Radio is listener-supported, and you make it possible to reach more people in more places with the good news of Jesus. But time is running out, so before the end of the year, give your best gift to make an eternal impact by calling or texting the word GIVE to 877-933-2484 or by clicking the Donate button at MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you so much. our conversation now about Awaiting the Manger, Whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. Wonderful, wonderful Advent devotional. Um, Oceana Fleiss is here with us. Um, We were talking about Leah. We were talking um, about her son Judah. We were talking about the praise given to God. Obviously, we recognize the name of Judah. I mean, we recognize his storyline and the importance of that unfolding in the Old Testament. I actually want to Maybe go back to the beginning, um obviously these Old Testament whispers and these stories they they lay the foundation for the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, and the genealogies like point you know point back in so many ways to that as well um but I actually like where you begin you you go before the beginning, so tell us where the story of Jesus really starts it's It's so cool because you think where where does
1: the story of Jesus begin where where does it begin? does it begin? you know, at the the angels telling Mary and Joseph about his coming. But it's really before that. There's all the prophecies in the Old Testament, like um, he'll be born in, in um, Bethlehem and unto us a child is born um, but it's even before that you can even go back to Genesis 3 15 which is the first time we hear about about Jesus coming that the the seed of the woman will crush the seed of the serpent and we know that that points to Jesus but really it goes even beyond before that which is so exciting and, and amazing about it really reveals the character of our God so if you look at Ephesians 1 uh, 4 It says even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that even before all of this stuff happened he had a plan he loved us the next verse says in love he predestined us he loved us his whole beginning of everything before the beginning was all about his amazing character of love so, yeah, the story of Jesus starts long before we imagine all the way back before the foundation of the world.
0: Yeah, there's no way you could be chosen in Christ before the foundations of the world if Christ wasn't a reality before the foundations of the world. And so that's just such a, that's a wonderful mm. reminder that Jesus is not just fully man, takes on flesh to dwell among us, full of grace and truth, but he is fully God. And if he weren't fully Absolutely. God, the rest of it would make no sense. And mm-hmm. and so I just I love that. Talk about Emmanuel. I like the way that you unfold for us not only who and what Emmanuel is, but more importantly, like why we set our eyes on him during this season.
1: Well, Emmanuel means God with us. And it so succinctly encapsulates the whole my whole story. We I need I was separated from God. I was walking my own path. I was not in the fold. You know, the Bible talks a lot about sheep being, being a sheep of his pasture. I wasn't in his pasture. I was out on my own. And we all are because of the fall. We all are separated from God and we need to be with him again. (laughs) You know, there's that Emmanuel promise that is made that God made this promise before the foundation of the world, like we said, that he would come and he would be with us again, that we would, when we were cast out of the Garden of Eden, that he would come and take take our sin on himself, that he would give us his love and his grace so that we could be with him. And that is my story for sure. When I was mm-hmm. separated, he came and rescued me and brought me back so I could be with him. Really, it's the whole Story of the Bible in one word, that word Emmanuel, God with us. And what a great and kind and loving God that he would leave his throne above, you know, leave his glorious throne and come and live as a humble man, live on this earth, be rejected by men as well to come and live with us and be with us so that could be
0: restored. Mm, That's just lovely. All right, um, Oceana, I have a, a one quick question here as we conclude our conversation. And again, Oceana Fleiss is um, the author of Awaiting the Manger, Whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. Some of the stories that you include will obviously be familiar to a lot of people. There are, however, some surprising stories that we might not consider, um, you know, right off. So in in this book, um, is there something that, that readers have said, I didn't know that was about Jesus?
1: Hmm. I, there's stories that i i didn't know i mean i knew it was all about <laughs> jesus but i didn't know how right. you know some of them are just crazy stories that i didn't even really realize before the, the birth of samson the, an angel comes to samson's father and tells him unto you will be born a child and his name shall be i mean where have we heard that introduction before mm-hmm. you know um his name shall be samson and uh that story is just amazing how that unfolds and how cool. it, it so much parallels christ and there's the the one with elisha and the the woman they don't mm-hmm. name her but the um, the woman of the door woman. and <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that she you know and and how that she enters into his Elisha's room and in a sense Elijah Elisha's room in in a sense she's entering into the presence of God through that and we see that Jesus you know we can enter into his presence b- because he came down to earth um, yeah, it's just, yeah it's just it's so rich
0: there's, it's, No 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 yeah. it's good it's such yeah, a foretaste don't we don't want to give it all <laughs> away I know I know well, that's well all of them are surprising right it's so great yeah, it's so wonderful yeah. what a joy to um to get to talk with you to to meet you in this way thank you so much for the gift of this journey um, during Advent, awaiting the manger, whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. I'll go ahead and tell you it's um it's a it's an invitation to a rhythm every day of practice, reflect, pray, read, and sing. There are wonderful hymns in this Advent devotional as well, encouraging you to um to sing your way from here to the Advent of our Christ. So discover Jesus in the Old Testament. Awaiting the Manger, Whispers of Advent in the Old Testament. Well, on this day after Thanksgiving, I am still giving thanks. I'm giving thanks for you. I'm giving thanks to the Lord for every good and perfect gift. I'm giving thanks for Paul Perot, the producer of this show, and the assistant program manager for Faith Radio. I'm giving thanks for Ben Holson, our program manager, Carissa Rogers, our station manager, the people who make so much of what happens around here, Justin Bowser and Kim Sanders and Ryan Mitchell, I'm giving thanks for our engineers, Brian Gullickson and Nat Becker. I'm give, giving thanks for our listener engagement team, Amanda Knightham and Stacey Hull. I'm giving thanks for our student worker, Casey Greisinger, and my colleagues, Susie Larson and Bill Arnold, and their producers, Angela Smith and Wyatt Morell. I'm giving thanks for Northwestern Media and thanks for the University of Northwestern, St. Paul. And I'm giving thanks for you, the listeners, who are also friends and ministry partners You make this ministry possible. So thank you. I am thanking God for you today and on this Thanksgiving weekend. I am giving all glory and praise to the Father from whom all blessings flow. I hope you are going to continue giving thanks to the Lord our God this day, for he is so, so good. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend and we'll see you right back here bright and early Monday morning as we continue to bring the mind of Christ to bear on all that is going on in our lives. Walk your faith out into the world that God so loves and do so today in ways that honor Jesus to his glory and in his name, amen.